Ready to start your ESG journey? Get going today with Social Suite, and you could start reporting publicly in 30 days. With investor pressure mounting and regulations just around the corner, there's never been a better time to start your ESG reporting. Social Suite takes the complexity out of environmental, social, and governance reporting. Social Suite helps organizations to measure, monitor, and report on their progress with fast, simple, and affordable software. Create value through ESG in order to raise capital, improve brand and reputation, as well as mitigate risk. Social Suite has helped almost 100 micro to small cap companies report on ESG, with some starting their baseline report in under 60 minutes and reporting publicly within 30 days. ESG is a lot easier than you think, and you're probably already doing it. So take your sustainability reporting to the next level with measurable progress. Start your ESG journey today with Social Suite, an ESG software company for micro to small caps. Visit socialsuitehq.com. That's social, S-U-I-T-E-H-Q.com to learn more. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not provided as financial, legal, or any other advice. The information is not investment advice or an offer to buy or sell any securities or make any investment. The views expressed by guest speakers are their own and any reference to third-party products, services, or information does not constitute an endorsement thereof by SNN or its affiliates. SNN expressly disclaims all liability for any individual's use of the information presented in this podcast. My guest on the show today is Shai Lusgarden, CEO of OmniQ Corp. It's a publicly traded company. The symbol is OMQS on NASDAQ. OmniQ Corp provides computerized and machine vision image processing solutions that use patented and proprietary AI technology to deliver data collection, real-time surveillance, and monitoring for supply chain management, homeland security, public safety, traffic, and parking management, and access control applications. The company's customers range across four key verticals, supply chain, traffic management, public safety, safe cities, and retail and restaurants. As it states in the title and Shai's answer to my first question, the company creates automation through object identification. Yes, It sounds like tech jargon. However, I started to better understand what OmniQ is attempting to achieve when you better understand the verticals they are serving, which we cover at length in our conversation, as well as what differentiates OmniQ's technology from their peers, working with their client base to solve huge problems like homeland security and supply chain management, their path to profitability, and where Shai would like to see the company in three to five years. With that, please enjoy my conversation with Shai Lusgarden, CEO of OmniQ Corp. Shai, thank you for joining me today. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, you know, we, we can't complain. I'm in LA. You know, we're the summer around the corner, so we're all good here. Well, Shai, this is actually our, our first time, you know, meeting. You know, I've, I've, I've. The company has been introduced to me um, from some folks that I, I very much respect and uh, highly recommended that you come on the show and and hear a little bit more about the company. So, you know, to start us off, and this is my question I ask everybody to, to uh, as the first question on here, what would you say is that one sentence that best describes OmniQ? OmniQ uh, creates automation through object identification. That's That's basically what we do. We identify objects and you create actions, automatic actions that before were were manual. 
and um, and and it, it goes in different use cases. So that's that's our company. We do uh, algorithms. Uh, we use a lot of machine vision, uh, AI to do that. And uh, but but that's the formal answer. If you want my answer, I mean my sincere answer to it, we change the lives of people. That's what we do. We change the lives of people because once you turn on our products, they change your lives and how you operate and monitor and control things you do in, in different industrial areas. Very good. Thank you for providing me with many different rabbit holes to go down uh, as we go on here. So, you know, I want to also now go to Omnicue's history. When was the company founded and what would you say was the original thesis for its founding? 30 years ago, uh, the company was founded by uh, um, three guys, basically. And um, it started from two couple guys, but then they added another one through an acquisition. Uh, but that was done about 30 years ago. And again, the buzzword back then to automate actions in warehouses, industrial uh, uh, areas, environments like distribution centers and different warehouses and supply chain levels, right? Uh, transportation, logistics, and everything. The buzzword back then was uh, scanning barcodes. How do you stick barcode labels on objects or assets, as we call it, and then identify them or track them by by pointing a scanner on them and uh, read the barcode and integrate that information into different ERP systems like Oracle, SAP, et cetera. So that, that was uh, their, their, their focus. Um, and uh, again, we uh, that was done 30 years ago. What we asked ourselves uh, six years ago when I came aboard and um, became the CEO, we asked ourselves, okay, how can we actually do very good things we did before, but with next-gen technology? And, uh, and, and we were able actually to keep that understanding of how the company started 30 years ago but add exciting technology into it, the next gen of object identification into it, and this way be able to penetrate even further more markets uh, because we did focus only on supply chain at first. Absolutely. So, you know, catch us up then to today. You know, as you said, you know, when you came up, you said you came up about six years ago, right? Um, yes. Catch us up to today. You know, how does the company currently exist, you know, in terms of, the types of products that the types of verticals you're going after love to hear more there we're focusing on three markets today uh the first one of course is the supply chain uh the market we started from 30 years ago we have amazing customers we serve for decades already fortune 100 fortune 500 customers there uh that we serve and love uh love the type of service they get from us that's one market the second market which is uh uh i would say a four-year-old market, five-year-old market, which is traffic management. Um, the third one is public safety and safe cities. And the fourth one we focus on, which is a new market for us, is retail and restaurants. Uh, these are the markets we serve today. Uh, we have uh, products that go into each of these markets today. And all of them deal with how do we automate manual processes and conducted through object identification using most of the time AI in the new markets and still some legacy technology in the old market, which is a supply chain. You know, all right. So let, let's let's use, uh, can you give us an example of 
you know, one of your, let's say, let's obviously supply chain, right? That's the kind of the 30 year business, right? So can you give us an example of how, you know, a customer then say, okay, we're with you, OmniQ. All right, Shy, sign us up. Give us yeah. full suite. You know, what does that look like? They want to uh, run their supply chain labels. Uh, for example, let's take one of our, our good customers, Safeway. They want to open 200 stores today. Or if they want to, I don't know, uh, modernize a warehouse or a distribution center. Uh, online shopping is a big thing, of course, started COVID, I mean, before that, but during COVID times, it grew drastically. That's why we we shined during uh, these times. Uh, but basically, when something like this, such a need happens, when they need to run their operations, they need to identify where all the assets are at on the shelves, during transportation, going into the stores, coming from vendors into distribution centers, uh, and, and then in the store as well, you want to know what's on the shelf, what's getting sold, etc. The The way to do that is you have to identify automatically the objects on every, anywhere they are. And we sell them the technology to do that, software and hardware to do that. Ma mainly, 98% of the times today in supply chain, it's done with, like I said, the 25, 27-year-old uh, technology, which is uh, doing it through barcode. You got also barcodes, right? Uh, you have, so we come in and we actually tell them exactly what they need. And we tell them also how they need to integrate that information and data. Once we identify the objects, how is it integrated into the different ERP systems? And that's how they run the operation from distribution centers, from to warehouses, to the stores, and, and in between these supply chain levels, also the transportation, what's coming in on the trucks, what's going out. And we use different technologies today. Again, we started from the barcode technology, scanners, et cetera, but then uh, we uh, upgraded to RFID, which is used a lot today and growing Bluetooth, different wireless technologies to do that. Mainly that is done, uh, that's how we do it in supply chain today. Um, like I said, we invested in the next gen uh, solutions or technology, which is doing object identification by machine vision. People say AI to me, you know, I like to be more focused, but machine vision algorithms, we have nine patents on our technology. We're coming out with heads up displays. So you don't need to take a scanner, right? And, and uh, use your hands in any way. You try to make a machine to machine solution in real time that sometimes even identifies everything without uh, a touch of a man. That's what that's where you want to be to create complete automation. But uh, to go to the supply chain environment there, you know, imagine the employees um, in the warehouse where they have to carry uh, uh, scanners, they have to carry, carry sometimes printers, they have to carry a cell phone as well to communicate. You can do it all with a heads up display, augmented reality that shows you exactly where you got to go. You don't need to look on 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 uh, a root car to see where you got to go next to pick up something. Um, it can all be done through the sensor, a camera that we put on the heads up display, identify not only the barcode, but identify the object itself, even if there is no barcode on it, uh, by knowing to identify additional markings on the box itself. Like if there is a type on it, uh, different characters on it, uh, the size of the box, the color of the box, et cetera. So we, you, this way you make it even more accurate. And that's 
what the new technology uh, upgrade is going to be. Absolutely. So, you know, I've, I've done a number, you know, listen, I'm in microcap land, all right? Uh, and I, I've actually done a number of interviews over the years, you know, with ID, you know, identification solutions, you know, um, from RFID, to all sorts of stuff. You know, I think I recently did an interview or, or maybe I just had a conversation with a company that was looking to also do something similar in the grocery store, in grocery as well. You know, so in terms of differentiation and looking at the moat, for the company, what would you say is that key differentiating factor for OmniQ versus maybe some of your peers out there? We make it practical. We just take these technologies and, and all, all these big slogans. Uh, we invest a lot of millions of dollars like others as well uh, in the technology, but from we're using 30 years of experience. We call ourselves a, a 30 year old startup. That's why we're excited here, uh, all the employees, uh, because that's how we behave. We behave as, as startups because of the technology and the so many use cases that every day, sometimes we don't even think about. They come into our, on, uh, you know, uh, to, to, the, to my table, and it's very difficult to not respond to it because the platform we created for object identification is really relevant. It's really limitless, uh, its relevancy, but using our 30 years of experience, we make it practical, and th that's why I said in the beginning, once you turn on, for example, one of our products, QShield, suddenly we make the invisible visible. And it's like a black screen, and boom, suddenly you see everything pops up, and you can start managing situation rather than getting managed or not even treating or man or, or, or uh, you know responding to different events and situations. Uh, it's it's hard to maybe explain it this way, but once you make it relevant and practical and uh, answers simple needs and not go after the big ones, sometimes you find yourself even responding to the big ones by doing that, uh, the big problems. Uh, one of the things we do, for example, in safe cities, we, you know, every city wants to be safe. Every city wants uh, the streets to be uh, safe for our kids to walk on, right? We got a lot of stolen vehicles. You got pedophiles. You got terrorists. You got so many challenges, and you got a lot of big companies uh, that that sell safe city solutions. But they go with. Uh, they're not going to wake up in the morning if it's not a fifteen hundred million dollar project for them. Most of the cities in the U.S. sixteen thousand of them are between zero to one hundred thousand residents, or you know, a little bit over than that. So, and there are 22,000 registered towns in the US. So if you talk about the majority, the majority don't have the money to actually deploy uh, say, or, or make the streets uh, safe for our kids to walk on. That's why you see gunshots and that's why, you know, at schools and, and churches and synagogues and mosques, et cetera. It happens because it's, they, they can do it. It can happen. Um, what we did is we we trained our engine, the algorithms, we call it the engine. We trained it to work together with sensors like cameras, for example, and create automatic actions that come in the shape of applications. And we went to the cities, to we went to a town in that has less than 6,000 residents, very small town uh, in Georgia, the first one. We put a, on the pole in one of the intersection, we pulled the cameras, and then we started training the engine to identify vehicles, any type of vehicle. And we 
we started integrating to different uh, databases like the federal database databases uh, called NCIC, um, local police databases, uh, um, DMV databases, where the, the, the police was able to let us give us the authorization to do that. And again, you you, the algorithm started doing their work. Uh, we started identifying all the vehicles in 20 milliseconds and then cross-check it with any database. And suddenly, boom, you see where all your Amber Alerts you're looking for. You see where all your stolen vehicles are at. You see where all, you know, that cross-check across that intersection. And, uh, and suddenly that one and a half police officer, because they don't have budgets for two police officers. <laughs> it's only like one and a half, which they, they're getting managed. And so many things happen even in small towns. They cannot even address the problems. So, you know, and they need money as well, right? Um, budgets to get more advanced and really treat the, the situations. That's why you read a lot in the newspapers why police never have enough people, right? Because there's no money. So we came and we created a win-win-win-win situation. What it means is we started making the invisible visible. If, if that police officer is looking for any vehicle and that information actually came from even a different town, we automated that network. If, you, if it goes on the database, boom, we send a text message with a picture, GPS coordinates, hour of time. And then we created the police tool investiga investigation tool that is automatic and you can start managing and start seeing where things are at. We solved the missing person um, um, uh, missing person investigation or assisted to solve it. Um, we, we brought back home in one month, in less than a month, once he turned on QShield on Silver Alert, after an hour and a half, we brought back, back home to his family, an elderly person who suffered from amnesia um, that just took off with his car. And there was no way, other way to, to find him other than just looking at QShield, making a quick search for Buick, Blue Buick, and boom, you got all of them. And, and you knew where that person is going. We knew where to send and direct the officer to go to. And the person was brought back home that same day after an, an hour and a half. Uh, just to give you an example, how we make money, um, QShield, at the same time that it notifies alerts and notifications of any kind, customized, we also know that uh, vehicle is registered, not registered, if the vehicle is insured or not insured. So 24-7, we can identify 100% of the violators of that traffic, you know, traffic violations. And we send out automatically um, citations. And we keep a portion of it in-house. But suddenly, I found myself writing checks to chief uh, police chiefs in for very small towns for $40,000, $60,000 a month. They, they didn't even know what to do with that money, which goes now back to the community, hiring more officers, getting laptops to kids, making social events in the community. So they, you see how we change people's lives. Very interesting. There's, so, okay. So only one product. Right. That, so that's on the safe city vertical, right? So can you give us an, also an overview on, I'm guessing traffic management is also included in that a little bit, or is that its own separate? Traffic order? management. Um, why do you take tickets? Why does someone needs to yeah. stop? Okay. And take Why do you need a gate? You don't need to. You want to enforce better. Wait, get rid of hold the on. Gate. There's no more California roll-throughs, man. I mean, come on. 
Well, in San Mateo, go to San Mateo in California, you'll see all of our systems there enforcing parking and charging for parking without gates. All the public, uh, you know, you have this green light, red light that we put there where mm-hmm. uh, we authorize to exit or not. If someone exits and didn't pay, and this is the big thing, it's all connected now because we know what happens in real time in every parking lot on, on parking spa- spaces on the street as well, where when we put our sensors, we we connect. That's what we call the web approach. So if you try to not pay in one uh, parking lot, you get immediately a citation five times more than what probably you should have paid or a warning, whatever the police or the city decides. We don't care. But then everyone else are connected and you don't need a person to enforce that connection or spot that person coming to the next time. We Once he does, we won't let him in or we'll send an officer over there and tell them, hey, this guy just came in. He didn't pay the other time. You know, do something about it. That's how you make the connection. It's not now isolated incidents that never get connected. We actually not only can enforce in in isolated areas and do what we got to do. We also connect it to one big network that you can now manage that information. Very good. So... Going back to the companies, to the, to the moat, you know, I, I get it. It, it. You know, you're basically providing kind of an all-in-one solution for identification tools, machine learning, some algorithms, you know, database management and, and alerts and, and automating some of those systems. But, you know, and I'm sure you get this asked all the time, like what's stopping, you know, companies that, you know, you're we're recording this on, uh, on, on Wednesday, May 17th, you know, companies around about 46 million market cap rounding up. You know, what's stopping, you know, the rings of the world from integrating their solutions and their software with municipalities um, and having an all, you know, an all, you know, community wide solution there or uh, there's, you know, next door and all that stuff. So lo- love to hear your thoughts there. Well, they started small as well, right? Yep. They started also from $10 million, sure. $40 million valuation. That's what we sure. do as well. Anyone can do anything. Any company, any CEO wakes up with his team and they decide, what are we going to focus on? And uh, we've uh, decided to focus on these areas because we've got 30 years of experience there. So we know what we're talking about. We understand the pain points. We're professional, the best people in the market, in each of these markets that we focus on to understand the pain points. And, And that's the unique capability we have to make it practical, to make it a game changer the second you turn it on, the product on, and not just wait for an ROI to come after a few months or a year or three years or whatever. We make the ROI happens. You know, when when we bring back the person home, the silver alert home, I mean, that's your ROI in a day, right? I mean, for that uh, town. So that's what we're looking at. We understand the pain points in supply chain, traffic management, public safety, uh, and safe cities and the retail and restaurants. And that's, and, and yes, ring can come and, and actually um, um, say that, uh, I mean, focus on these areas as well and try to do it. But uh, we've, uh, we think that we could actually do something better. Uh, we found our place in the market. Uh, we've been, we have amazing references. For example, the governments of Israel are all, or, you know, they're enforcing the security of the borders of Israel with our systems. Um, I'm I'm trying to say things that are not confidential. In the Middle East, we have additional uh, countries that use us. 
the U.S. Uh, border crossing points between the U.S. to Mexico using our system. We got a lot of experience where you worked on projects, and now we we made the change to productize it so we can create the scalability for a very large audience and investors hopefully can see that. So to answer your question, like I said, yes. I mean, any a lot of companies can do a lot of things others can do, but it depends what you want to focus on. Absolutely. So, so in terms of the, you know, you got, you, you've already outlined the four main verticals where you're deploying your products and services. I mean, which one as right now has been, you know, some the more, I guess, for lack of a better term, more the top performer, which ones are kind of still more growth areas that you're still working on, on some more market penetration, you know, love to kind of get a better understanding from your perspective there. The uh, parking solutions definitely is um, an area where we see a lot of growth in. We have now 58 uh, airports using our system to enforce the next gen parking, like JFK, LaGuardia, Newark, uh, you're in California, so Los Angeles Airport, San Francisco Airport, Sacramento are using our systems as well. Um, why? The unique thing is because it is not only coming with the efficiencies that we created, the automation, but also comes with security. Being able to now create this hand handshake, and this is something we love to say, where the handshake between the virtual world that knows everything about everyone to real life and what happens in real life. Once you make that connection, you can do a lot of things. And uh, so we come with efficiencies in parking, automation in parking, and also with this security. And that's why all the airports are using us. Um, definitely parking in traffic management is a big driver. Uh, another one is the safe cities and public safety. We brought this also to schools to prevent shooting. We brought this to additional community centers as well. And that's making a lot of noise now. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, supply chain grows as well but these these areas are doubling the revenues every every year very good a quick follow-up on you know because in terms especially on the school safety right like that that's you know i i, I wasn't planning on asking this but I, I i think what some folks might hear them be like that's amazing you have a solution to stop that but on the other side of the coin it's like okay well what is what is your liability if for some reason like it didn't get picked up on your scanner or something and then god forbid that still happened and here you know like what's what's the what's basically the downside risk there for a failure in if, if that were to happen you know god forbid of course but you know yeah so first of all um legally we're not liable but we would have never uh felt um i would say safe or confident to introduce QShield with these capabilities if we didn't have something to rely on. When you when you do that 100% of the time, 24 set, by the way, everyone has failures, right? I mean, uh, whatever technology, even if you put a person there, 100 persons, something will happen. So we know the nine, you know, the six nines work, the 99.999, chances that we'll pick it up and we do much better job than what they do today. If we compare ourselves to a person, we create a machine-to-machine, -machine, an M2M solution that takes away the need, the touch of man in the process of the identification and cross-checking it and much faster create the actions, the alerts, notifications, etc. 
we felt comfortable coming to schools, universities, uh, uh, community centers, uh, airports, etc. We felt comfortable going there only after many years of experiences when we did it in the borders, right? When we have that algorithm, these, the engine trained so well and uh, been selected by governments many times before uh, to provide our security solutions. And it's not just because we're speaking nicely or taking them to nice dinners that they select us. It's only because we perform well, the fastest in the world and most accurate in the world. And we are we specialize in what we in 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 the in the areas that uh, that we operate in, and that's why they select us because we we make a lot of functionalities that are very practical and relevant to their everyday, and uh, and and give them that uh, uh, you know performance level. And once we did that for many years, we brought it now to schools, uh, we brought it now to universities, we brought it now to airports. We brought it now to parking solutions. We brought it now. Sometimes, you know, yeah, lives are very important, of course, is number one. But also when you're JFK airport and you make hundreds of millions of dollars on parking and you don't perform well and 10%, you know, is lost, that's a lot of money. So that we're measured there as well, compared there as well to many others that provide solutions like that. And not just, again, because of our, uh, other things they select us it's only about performance very good so you know shy you've you've you know done the dog and pony show a little bit here right you've gone to the investor conferences you've done the one-on-ones you know i'm sure i'm right I'm, I'm assuming you know and and maybe after they you know heard the presentation once or maybe had a chance to to meet you one time you know what what do investors still maybe get confused when thinking about omniq maybe we can answer some of those frequently asked questions here when when you start reading the history of OmniQ, um, you where we came from to where we are at today, it's difficult to understand. Uh, it's difficult to get the picture unless you you're engaged with with our team, with myself, but with our team, and ask the questions uh, to explain this. How did it come from barcode technology to protect the borders of Israel? Uh, from there. To protect the borders of the U.S. Uh, from there to automate parking lots, and that's why we try to simplify it and say it's it's a platform. We created a platform, uh, a company that creates automation through object identification, relevant to many use cases. But we focus on four areas. Uh, but this is basically what is difficult many times for investors, unless they follow the company and understand where we came from, exactly like you were asking, where we came from, understand the history, and why did we do what we're doing, and then where we are today. And, th and then it makes sense, because then you understand exactly why why we're looking at these areas and why we created these growth engines and uh, and we focus and spend millions of dollars on it. Well, I, and you're, I, I totally get that, you know, because also you, you kind of think to yourself, like, all right, object identification, like wrapping your head around that of, Wow. Okay, you're telling me that you have a platform that can recognize, you know, some, you know, uh, some uh, terrorists walking into an airport or school with a gun. You're telling me you can identify, you know, a car, a potential, you know, uh, a, a, a suicide bomber crossing into Israel. You know, like that's 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 kind of a heavy thing to really wrap your head around. Like, well, wait, why are you where you're at right now? Right? Like, right. been around for thirty years. Like, what's going on? You know, like that. I, I get that. 
So we are, yeah. And, and going back to what you said, in object identification as well, you want to be expert. You don't want to uh, try to identify all objects, right? And we focus on, on what we understand. And like you said very clearly before, what if you fail? This is exactly what we think about every day as well. How do we make it better? That's why we're not identifying apples now or carrots or different vegetable or different other things. We focus on vehicles. We focus on some tire on some other practical objects that really suit and and you know our total solutions and where we came from thirty years ago. That because we understand the pain points, we understand what what's got to get done, um, and. And going back again to what you said, look, we see this in the movies, right? I mean, the government, and, and we know that, the government knows everything about everyone. They spend billions, hundreds of billions of dollars a year on databases that know, um, and servers that keep the data on where do you surf, you know? I mean, uh, even in even voice recognition on, on, on conversations, we know exactly what will trigger something an action if they if that if the computer picks it up uh you know that siri listens to you you know that alexa listens to you you know everything is stored it's all about the new gold is is data like right and and then the question is what do you do with that data we have created the ai algorithms to generate the data we need for the actions that we understand are game changers in the field we expertise in. The most important thing about the about that uh, statement is that when you you know the government knows all you know whatever they know about the terrorists and and who are there and but if they don't sense it in real time, then what do you do with that virtual world? Nothing. Nothing happens. That's why whenever there is a shooting somewhere, they know exactly after a second. You see on the news, uh, on the screen, you see exactly how oh, this guy, he went to Syria a few times, blah, blah, blah. And suddenly, all that information pops up. Why? How do they know? Because it's there. They, they made the connection. We are proactive. Let's make that connection before any, uh, an event happens. Let's treat the risks and identify the risks before they become event. That's, that's Omnic. And it's relevant for in the security, uh, for the security aspects of it. And it's relevant for supply chain and very large enterprises because they want all the time to be proactive, anticipate, and forecast what will happen because that's how you create the efficiencies. Sorry, you, uh, you freaked me out when you said uh, they know where you surfed because I literally surfed this morning. So I don't know if you actually already have access to this right now. You, oh, I meant web surfing. Oh, you're freaking me out, Shai. Um, But anyway. You know, so so my, my my next question then for you, you know, and again, this is a question I ask everybody on here, and you know, love really want to hear your opinion on this. Is again, what in your opinion, what would you say are the company's downside risks when thinking about OmniQ, the opportunities available, execution? I'd love to hear more. Yeah, um, as any other company, um, we're we started small. Uh, we're growing nicely, over a hundred million dollars. We started five years ago from forty something, uh, so we're growing nicely. But um, but but you learn all the time, and we you know you're with limited resources all the time. Uh, yeah, we could run faster, right? I mean, if we had more money, etc. Um, I think uh, if you talk about the uh, 
theoretically all the risks out there is how fast we can run. So we try to run fast. We 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 fall many times and break our legs because we are entering areas that no one had walked on. Like we're walking on streets that no one had walked on before. When you go to a small town, suddenly there are new challenges. It's not like Los Angeles and know everything about everything already. It's these guys, you know, sometimes don't have a laptop to run something, um, and uh, and and that's why we are. Um, facing a lot of challenges. And we found as well that one of our strengths is how do we learn to get up faster each, every single time we, we face a challenge. Um, just, you know, we know that the challenges will come. We know the mistakes will happen. We know we're going to fall and break our legs, but it's everything that, uh, 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 what matters is how fast you get up uh, as a company, as a small company. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know from the investor point of view, it's hard for me Again, I'm trying to be objective about this, but you know our our resources are limited. Um, we have competition. So far, we were able to bid uh, and and get get awarded with projects that very big companies, even Motorola, were after, and we got it. Um, and I think it's uh, it's the performance and execution that needs to be monitored and tracked all the time. Right. Yeah. Cause that, that actually leads into my next question. Cause you know, I have to ask, right. The company just reported, um, uh, uh, your, the, uh, Q, Q1 2023, you know, uh, revenue 27.8 million and increased the AI based revenue by about 88%, you know, within there, the company also reported, uh, at a loss for the court. So just, you know, for those that are, that are probably curious, you know, clearly you're a growth stage company, you know, what is from what you can tell us and in, in your opinion, what does that path to profitability look like? The good thing is that, yeah, and, and again, you know, uh, aside from loving technology and what we do is you got to run a company. Um, so we monitor and we, and we work on cash and how do we manage cash and how do we become profitable? So the good news is that if you measure it uh, to previous quarters before we generate more cash. The other good news is that we're increasing our margins. Um so basically, I can tell you that uh, before, several years ago, when we started all these investments and turn around the company, et cetera, the times were much tougher and harder, okay? I mean, because we were small and we didn't have enough to play with. Okay, let's take this and do that instead of that. Before, it was very small and or smaller, and uh, it was harder to juggle. Today, it's much easier to juggle, and we show by performance that we're getting there. Um, this year is going to be significant. This year is going to be nice on that end. In that sense, we are showing by parameters that we're moving towards the right direction and profitability as well. And we have also the, and that's why we became a NASDAQ entity, because we have that tool as well to our disposal. Of course, you don't want to go out to the market with such valuations, but definitely it's there. Um, and uh, we created it. Just because we don't want to stop our growth, we don't want with the backlog we got, with the reaction from and the feedback from the uh, growth engines and and areas that we deal with, uh, that that's you know that it's very significant, very positive. So we don't want you know we 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 made sure we have enough financial tools to back us up uh, to support the growth and support our execution. Very good. All right, Shai. So you know you. You've answered all my questions. I, I, you know, I've taken up a lot of your time here. So, you know, my final question then for you here today, you know, in your opinion, where 
would where do you want to see this company OmniQ in three to five years? And what would you say are some of the inflection points that'll get you there? OmniQ is, uh, I said this from day one, before I even knew what we can do. Um, we're a billion dollar company and um, and that's where we need to be. And that's where the employees um, and, and my partners here deserve to be. Um, and, and, and when you check it and compare it objectively with comparables that do a portion today of what we do, you can see how they're evaluated and why they're even more than that. But you know, that's the first milestone I want to get to. And we know we can get to, like you said, in three years, we should be there. Boy, um, I didn't say you will get there in three. I said, where do you want to see it in three to five years? Just making sure. That's where I want to see. That's okay. where I want to Got see. It. And, uh, and I know we can be there. And I can show a clear plan of how, um, again, there's a lot of factors, but but I believe in performance. And, and I think we can get there because uh, people will start understanding what will get them to understand this is the exposure the, the the to the audience to the market uh, for people to know what we're doing here to come and visit us to get live demos to go to cities to see how it's done um to go to schools where we're at and and to go to parking lots and next time you're going to park in uh in Los Angeles airport Lax or San Francisco or something look at the cameras there see the HDS which are the or or OmniQ these are the two brands that we have on our cameras and see that we're there. OmniQ is there, and OmniQ is going to get to where it needs to be. Absolutely. You know what I lied? I got one more question for you, because when thinking about you know various catalytic events for the company, it's clearly adding certain logos, right, for each of the verticals. You know, you go on, on the company's investor presentation, you know, you got a nice page with all the logos on and everything. Who would you say at this point, you know, if, if, you, if you're open to, to maybe answering this, who would you say is that that one company that if you got their business, you could see that maybe opening the floodgates to some others that, you know, maybe are, you know, on the sidelines kind of waiting and seeing, you know, who, who would that be? In the supply chain market where a lot of our Fortune 100, 500 customers are at, um, there are at least right now, as we speak, two companies testing our uh, solutions to migrate from the legacy solution, which we are the ones providing to them, this to them today, um, actually testing and piloting our stuff, the next gen one, um, which makes them more efficient. There are two. Um, and, and once we break the first, you will see that flow. Now, each one of these Fortune 100, 500 companies can double the company in, in a year, okay? Because these are big global presence footprint and they need thousands of devices and they need that because we save tens of millions of dollars and we showed this. So they were piloting this. It took a while um, for us as well. It took a while to expose it to them uh, because we had to focus and we had we had a lot of penetration to do to addition, with additional markets as well. I can't mention the name of the companies, but if I did, you'd, you'd, you'd understand immediately what I'm talking about. All right, Shai. So now that that's a good place to end it right there. You know, uh, with that, where can our audience go and find more information on OmniQ, you know, the company's website? So it's OmniQ.com. And also we're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and all the social medias as well. Uh, we're press releasing as well a lot. And of course, uh, my number and uh, details are available and uh, we'll be happy to 
provide any type of information anyone needs. Very good. Well, Shai, thank you so much for joining me today. Really do appreciate it. Good luck. Stay safe. And I look forward to our next update. Thank you. Appreciate the time. Thank you. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not provided as financial, legal, or any other advice. The information is not investment advice or an offer to buy or sell any securities or make any investment. The views expressed by guest speakers are their own and any reference to third-party product services or information does not constitute an endorsement thereof by SNN or its affiliates. SNN expressly disclaims all liability for any individual's use of the information presented in this podcast.